It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Excuse me, Officer Krupke. <laughs> I gotta report a robbery. It's an attempt to stole my soul. To steal my appeal. To bug my mug. It's really quite simple. If I pursue a life that has the right amount of adequate risk and I take some chances with my talent, I will end up gaining enough experience, enough joy, mingled with a, a good balance of sorrow and trouble, that I will feel fulfilled and therefore will have no need whatsoever to compare myself with you. But, now listen. If this old boy gets lazy, or maybe I get bratty, things aren't fair. Well, if that happens, I'm going to have to drag some people down around me to make sure they don't get above my quality and end up pegging me. Would you believe? Pegging me! The loser. To do this, I have to... I'll need to do three stinky things. Stinky, stinky. Number one, I will need a very bad attitude. Number two, I'm going to have to get together a bunch of people to gossip with me who have my like precious mind of defeat and anger. And number three, I will require some sort of book or maybe philosophy or here, politics. Some sort of book, philosophy, or politics that grants me the license to criticize others while simultaneously lifting myself up. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Nobody can argue about it, though they do. That Jesus of Nazareth, who is the founder of the largest religion in the world, we call it Christianity. It's divided into Catholics and Protestants who, who further divide into hundreds of other sheepish flocks. There is no doubt that Jesus, when he was walking around in his soiled loincloth, There's no doubt that he told us not to judge other people. Judge not, lest ye be judged. Because the measure you lay out for other people, the, the pain you place on them will be measured right back at you. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, hold on now. Simultaneously, there is this book called The Bible, which suggests all sorts of possibilities, or shall we call it opportunities, for us to condemn human beings for faulty deeds. Matter of fact, I'm not so sure that religion could sustain a good membership if it did not open the door to its congregational members being assholes and pricks. And all the people said, Amen. I don't need to judge you if I found peace with myself. Stop, stop, stop. Take a breath. Try that again. I don't need to judge you if I found peace with myself. But if I didn't get my dreams or didn't get what I wanted or got stuck in some sort of shitty relationship or or, or maybe trying to live on a shoestring budget. If any of those things happen, I, I just might need you to come around every once in a while and be my whipping boy to release my frustration by finding your smaller faults than mine, but much easier to criticize. People don't judge other people. They don't judge other people because they give a damn about the people, but only because they want to give a damnation down on those people. Why? I don't know. I guess maybe heaven seems sweeter if it's not going to be overcrowded. So every generation decides to create the leper. The leper they want to avoid. That they want to set over in that colony or that side of town. Or in that particular category. At one time it was the black man. It wasn't illegal to be black in this country. It would have been any better if it had been illegal. Then you could have been arrested and sent to prison and had three meals a day. No, you weren't allowed to be, have commerce. You weren't allowed to vote. You weren't allowed to think. Has it changed all that much, actually? Nowadays, some people hate rich people. They're terrible. How dare they make money? One time in this country during World War II, we hated Japanese people. We've always kind of been prepared to judge women. Of course, every generation of children has been condemned and judged by their parents and their grandparents as being particularly pernicious and evil. Ah, uh, yeah, we judged the gay people. And now it seems we just judge each other simply based on whether we're Republican or Democrat. We even go so far to say that them Republicans, they're ignorant. Well, you Democrats are just a bunch of snobs.
I'm not going to bore you this, today with how it all got started. I guess the good book tells us that Cain was jealous because Abel, Abel's work was praised and his was ignored. So he killed his brother. Now, that's a form of judgment any way you look at it. Matter of fact, most of us will welcome a little more criticism and less death. Hello. And even though Jesus warns us, if you judge people once again, the same style, intensity, meanness, and hatred will be measured right back to you. We don't believe that. We don't believe that. We just believe we're, we're it. We got the Bible to back us up. Because somewhere in Deuteronomy, it says that the book of Romans had informed the Corinthians that Leviticus was playing by the numbers, insisting that some worthless goddamn sinners don't deserve an exodus. We've been robbed. Call a cop. I've been robbed. We've been robbed of our tenderness, the gentleness, the sense of humor that makes human life less painful and more childlike. There are three lies that cause this, three nasty lies, three damnable lies that have come along to turn us into a jury full of judgers. And because we judge, we must condemn. You don't become known as a good judger by acquitting everybody. Oh, you got him for your judge? Oh, you're sad. He'll acquit you. No, no. You become a very serious judge in your black robe by guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Three lies. The law is greater than mercy. That's a lie. You see, some people believe that God's warnings, his admonitions, his verses, scriptures might, might promote condemnation are somehow just as powerful as mercy. Anything that takes away mercy is not born of God. I think you heard that, didn't you? If what you're accusing people of or threatening with them with, snatches away the possibility of mercy, it is not God's word. We thought it was for a while, but see, Grace came along. She taught us better. She's my favorite teacher. She's so pretty. And she's patient with me because I, I don't always get my multiplication tables just right, but my teacher Grace comes and sits with me a spell, and we she brings a little snack so I can rejuvenate myself, and she stays with me while I learn. We thought we knew everything until Grace came. I used to think a lot of things. I used to think I was one of the smartest people around. Then I did some living in the mercy of Mother Nature, and God taught me to calm down, get off my high horse. Hell, I used to think gay people were perverts. I was not alone, by the way. Psychiatrists thought the same thing. 
God, I felt intelligent. I was in agreement with academia. Academia was wondering what form of perversion this was called homosexuality. I even found words in the Bible to confirm my suspicions. Men are not to lay with other men. <laughs> there it is. And then one day I realized that God is not interested in sacrifice. He wants mercy. So here's what I think. Let them be gay and let me be happy. It's a good deal. No one's asking me to be gay. And not, I'm, I'm not asking them to learn my happiness. Let them be gay and let me be happy. I used to think that men and women were created to be different. And then the mercy of God told me that he's no respecter of persons. That in his world there's neither male nor female. Just this thing called human there are so many lies I believe because I tried to follow the law of God. I almost lost mercy. For after all, the merciful are blessed by being merciful, and in doing so, they get their own dose of mercy that they need. I reached a dangerous point because one day a friend of mine looked at me and said, Kring, you are a believer. As a believer, are you going to follow the law of God? Or are you going to scatter off in your own particular interpretation? I looked at that man in his eyes and tenderly, as tenderly as I could, I said, I don't follow the law. I live and abide in mercy. The law of God being greater than mercy leads to that stupid second lie. After we convince ourselves that the law is greater than mercy, we start bragging about how we, we, the we, we are the ones who follow the law. Yeah, it's us. We're the guys. Listen, there are scriptures in the Bible that would make every one of us expose us as Satan's grandsons. Worthy of nothing less than stoning. I, for one, will tell you that the Bible's not real favorable to gluttony, and I've always enjoyed it. You see, the Bible, the laws of men, the philosophies, the politics, all this stuff can be just downright grouchy. It finds the worst in us, hoping to call us to our better. I suppose that's one school of thought. But remember, the good book itself warns that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Or in other words, just throwing Bible at people hurts. It doesn't soothe. If you're just going to read the Bible and shout it out at people, you're going to kill everyone around you, and eventually that law you follow will turn around, as Jesus said, and condemn you. And then your old bones will be ground up. 
But that's how it gets started, where there's two lies. Remember what they are? The law is greater than mercy. And we, being the righteous folks we are, following the whole word of God, we, we follow the law. A preacher asked me a couple weeks ago, he said, do you believe the whole word of God? I chuckled and I said, the word of God doesn't even believe the whole word of God. Jesus came along. He challenged much of the law of Moses. He even challenged the Ten Commandments. I'm not in pursuit of the law. I'm trying to find how mercy can transform human beings. What do you think? Would it be nice to make things better for a change instead of making things sad? I guess that leads to the one final law. I, I'm, not lying. I'm, I'm almost sick of these lies. What are you doing? You're, you may have turned me off by now. I'm tired of the lies, Mr. Kring. Don't tell me anymore. No, no, don't say more. But there is one final lie because you see, we're being robbed of the power of being merciful. How good it feels at times to bow our heads knowing that we have been gentle with our fellow humans instead of condemning and that maybe because of that, God might throw a kindness cookie our way. Hey, little boy, little girl, a kindness cookie. Love you. Lie three is because the, we say the law is greater than mercy and we are following the law, therefore we think we're better than you. Every religion is an abomination to God because every religion at its heart is out to prove that its definition of the divine is supreme. The Jews tell the Arabs that they're better than them. The Christians tell the Jews that they're better because they found the Messiah. The Hindus believe because they've got so many God representations. They have won the lottery on gods. And the Buddhists believe in their own supremacy because they find God in themselves through the enlightened path and themselves alone. We are better than you. Now, we don't always say that aloud. That would be, I'll be odd, wouldn't it? Walking up to somebody in the department store and say, oh, excuse me, can I interrupt you? I just wanted to let you know as I'm spying here, you, it's obviously I'm better than you. Well, we don't do that. But we always have a scripture handy, don't we? To quietly prove why you over there are insufficient because you don't have a grasp of the correct interpretation coming from the original Greek through the Sanskrit from the Hammurabi Code. I myself, are, well, I don't favor abortion. I don't know whether anybody does. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to tell you you don't have the right because there's only one sacred path. Doesn't come from a book. It's, it's from your heart to God and my heart to God. I'm not involved in your path. And no book is higher than that relationship. We are not better than each other. 
It is a lie that robs us, it robs us of the mercy to allow us all to survive the law. The law was not given to judge us. It was really given just to remind us how much we can't follow the law and we require mercy. It's time to stop untying the judge knot. Well, that's not what Jesus meant. Well, why didn't he, why didn't he go to a thesaurus and phrase it better? It's time to stop untying the judge knot by quoting scriptures, philosophy, or politics to prove your point. For the good news is, mercy is greater than the law, so we don't follow the law, but instead, grace. And the better news is, I am not better than you, therefore I will not condemn you. So feel free to come close. Take a chance. Trust me. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.